And a very special Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, everybody. This is a special State of the Philly teams here on 97.3 ESPN. I'm Mike Gill. That's Hunter Brody. Throughout the next two hours, we're going to take you through the State of the Phillies, the Flyers, the Sixers, and the Eagles as we get ready to close the 2020 sports year. Wow, what a wild year it has been. Holy mackerel. We didn't even know if we were going to see the end of sports, but now we're getting them all. We've got the Phillies with Frank Close coming up here in just a minute. But, bro, it's 2020. What a year it's been. It's been wild. From bubbles to getting the season shut down, it has been a crazy turn of events. But I'm excited that we are starting to move forward and getting some action out there on the field. Well, we'll have Kevin Durso coming up at the bottom part of the uh, hour here to talk about the state of the Flyers. But we're going to start it off right now with our Phillies insider, Frank Close, from 97.3 ESPN.com. He has been on the beat. I believe, Frank, what's this, going into five years now that you'll be uh, working the Phillies beat for us? Four or five? Five total, and we're going into our sixth year now. Wow, how about that? Six years covering the Phillies for 97.3 ESPN.com. So very plugged in and about to tell us the state of the Phillies, which really just changed in the last week or so. Uh, Frank, let's start off there. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, they brought in Dave Dombrowski, um, as their new president of baseball operations. It kind of came out of right field, but wow, what an impactful and important move for the organization. Absolutely was. And one thing about the Phillies, they've kind of been working under the radar. I think I think fans really reached a, a moment of just complete frustration. If you remember, there were those trade rumors that Zach Wheeler might be traded and even John Middleton got angry. But I, I think that the fans just needed something to happen. And And finally, it seems like the Phillies have a direction, you know, for the longest time, it just seemed like they were just going to roll through the year with, with Andy McPhail and, and Ned Rice filling the interim GM role and just nothing was going to happen. But the Phillies have a top name president of baseball operations. They now have a general manager who's been considered a rising star among baseball. And it looks like now they can turn to the product on the field. Right. Let's start with uh, the impact of Dombrowski, his resume, and what kind of credibility he gives this Philadelphia Phillies organization. Because obviously there was some, I don't want to say mixed reviews, but uh, you got the new scorers with the Sabre met to them, you know, all that stuff. And Dombrowski is a guy who's thought of a more of an old school baseball guy. So um, what kind of impact do we think Dombrowski and what's the messaging by hiring a guy like Dombrowski instead of turning it over? Uh, to somebody who's got more, goes by more of uh, the metrics. Yeah, I think this is a message sent that the Phillies want to win. Uh, that, you know, there were some rumblings out there that the Phillies might be looking to add somebody at the the GM position, or in this case, president of baseball operations position. That kind of was the that version of a Joe Girardi, like that that mean that they mean business. They want a tried and true name that's going to deliver results and the message that this sends is they're, they're going to try their best to deliver results. No more, um, you know, Gabe Kapler, here's the hot new up and coming manager, Matt Clintock. Here's the hot new up and coming GM. Uh, they, they've been through that five years of a rebuild went nowhere. Uh, the Phillies are okay, but they're, they're not, they're not playoff team. <laughs> they even missed this playoff somehow. So th- it's time to win. And I think that this, this hiring says that they, they need to win. And they're they're not going to spare any expense uh, with the with the top notch manager and with the top notch president of baseball operations here. 
I have cooled off a bit. I, I started off where I was not happy. I wasn't thrilled. I'm still skeptical, but hearing him in the press conferences, it sounds professional. And we haven't heard that in so many years when it comes to John Middleton and Andy McPhail. So when I look at what he has done throughout his career, I think Detroit is almost the perfect way to view what he can possibly do here. When he went to Detroit, and they never won the World Series, but they got there twice. They had a lot of postseason success. He took over a franchise that had over 100 losses. It was abysmal, and then he built it over time, and then they got that sustained success for a little bit. I look at that part of his career and say, hold on a second. He could possibly do that here, too. I think he could. I, you know, I, I think I think the biggest complaint people had about him was that he traded prospects my my take on him is when he knows it's time to win and when he's ready to win, he doesn't mind doing that. So you, you don't see somebody that's going to just gut a system. And, you know, let's face it, the last World Series he won with the Red Sox, that was built on a lot of young players that rose up through the system. You know, the the bet attendees and the bets and the, I could go on and on. The Bradleys, uh, you know, that that was a core that that he allowed to rise. So I don't think he's just going to come and gut the system and try to win this year by gutting a system, uh, not that they have a lot to trade anyway, but I, I think he knows when to pull the trigger and he's going to probably, I hate to call this a rebuild year, but I, I don't see him doing anything, you know, rash right now, right away to, to make this team an instant playoff success. I, I think he, he needs the time to kind of, and part of this is thanks to, to COVID, right? We don't really know what's in the minor league system. We don't know who developed last year. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a kind of a wait and see kind of year, and I think he's going to know what buttons to push when it's time to push those buttons. Frank, what is the role of their new general manager, Sam Fold? What do we know about him? Uh, you know, normally you hear the GM, Matt Clintac, got a lot of heat as the GM, but is this GM going to be under the microscope as much as Matt Clintac was? So this. This GM role, and actually, I think Matt Gelb used the word uh, title inflation <laughs> to describe what's going on here. Uh, you saw at one point when teams wanted to hire away other teams' general managers, they started calling them presidents of baseball operations. So, so by president of baseball operations, Dombrowski is essentially the GM in charge of the baseball decisions. The GM role right now is probably more like what Ruben Amaro was under Pat Gillick. And we, at the time, Ruben Amaro was called assistant GM, but but he will probably be doing a lot of those functions. Uh, now, Dabrowski did talk about perhaps uh, Fold taking over some of the decisions at some point, but you know, th there's always a right-hand uh, assistant GM, at least historically, that, that had done a lot of things that's involved in contracts and um, helping negotiate and all that kind of stuff. So I see Fold being involved in that, and I think he's a nice complement to Dombrowski in that he does come from the the analytics background. Uh, you know, if you remember when the Phillies hired him, he was originally a player information coordinator, and then he moved into the front office to do a little bit more type of that work and and less on field type stuff, like we saw him in his first spring training. Uh, so I, I think that this is a good this is a good complementary situation here where you've, you're going to have somebody who is of that new school mindset in the ear of the old school GM. And so this, this is this is this is probably a good match to work with one another. 
when Dombrowski first got here, he said that he would assess the organization, see what they have, and then within a week or two, Ned Rice isn't the interim GM, they hire a new assistant GM. Doesn't that kind of tell you the state of what the organization was prior to him coming in to the point where he realized we got to make some moves? I mean, seriously, he said this a week or two ago, and boom, he starts making moves. Well, Sam Fold is kind of a an up-and-comer. Uh, you know, he, he was highly respected. I don't, I don't remember at Gabe Kapler's introductory press conference, he mentioned Sam Fold by name. So I was like, oh, I guess he's joining the organization or being a coach or something. Um, but people have had their eye on Sam Fold for a while. Uh, and uh, I think this was an opportunity to make sure they don't lose him to another organization. I think they recognize him as a talent. And so uh, here he gets this opportunity to work with a seasoned professional and, and, and be something. Um, Ned Rice is clearly a, a Matt Klintak guy, a kind of an Andy McPhail guy. Uh, and uh, I, I think part of turning the page was making sure that you had uh, somebody like Fold there. That, that's the choice of the new president of baseball operations. Now, there hasn't been anything said as to whether or not Profrock or, um, or, or Ned Rice are going to stick around. Uh, I don't think that was really addressed in the, in the, uh, in the announcements. So we'll see if they hang out in the organization or if they go somewhere else. But uh, but this, I, th- I think this is this is extra turning the page. Uh, it's our State of the Phillies with Frank Close from 97.3 ESPN.com as we take a look at the Phillies organization, obviously missing the playoffs again. They haven't been there since 2011. They got a big decision. Dave Dombrowski, uh, you know, needs to make. And John Heyman reported um, that uh, the Phillies have an offer on the table for JT Realmuto. Now, how does this look now as opposed to maybe – mid-December, you know, before uh, the Mets made their move to bring in James McCann. And Real Muto doesn't seem like he's got a lot of, you know, offers out there. So how uh, are we feeling about where this Real Muto situation is right now? Yeah, so I wrote a piece just on Tuesday on 97.3 ESPN.com right ahead of this uh, Sam Fold announcement. And it was on Real Muto and, and kind of how his suitors out there aren't that many, uh, you know, the thought was that the Mets were going to come in, they were going to write a big check, and he would be the perfect guy to to kind of start the tenure of Steve Cohen as the new Mets owner. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, Steve Cohen is the only owner in baseball that did not lose a lot of money last year because he, he did not own the baseball team. So he's going to add impact talent. Uh, but what's kind of happening with the Mets is we see that the Mets signed James McCann. They got a really good, steady catcher for four years. And they're going to still sign a an impact player, but he will be at a different position. And I think that what we're seeing is a lot of the things that we've talked about over the years about the durability of a catcher and do you want to go go overboard on a catching position. Uh, I think other teams see that too. And and while they love Real Muto, they're they're afraid to commit many years and big dollars to a catcher. I think that's what's happening here. So if you kind of run down the other people that are looking for impact talent. I think, I think if I'll just run down this list really fast, there's been some, some talk of the nationals. I, I don't understand that, that connection at all, other than maybe his agent is trying to drum up something to leak into the media. So the Phillies will raise their price. Uh, the nationals didn't want to pay Anthony Rendon a year ago. And he plays a, uh, a third base position. That's a lot easier uh, to, to commit many years to and, and big dollars to, and they passed, they passed on Bryce Harper the year before. Uh, they've 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 only got a couple players coming off the books and Eddie Ball Sanchez and um, Adam Eaton. They, you know, they weren't big dollar players. So I, I don't know that they have the money uh, to bring in Real Muto. 
the Los Angeles Angels, they, they want to add an impact player, but everybody thinks it's going to be in pitching. So um, they could be a good spot for someone like Trevor Bauer. Uh, the Mets probably spend on George Springer. And then that leaves you like the, the, the New York uh, Yankees, maybe, because they always seem to be in on everybody. But, but really with Gary Sanchez, still at affordable rate. They've got their sluggers. There really seems to be no push for someone like the Yankees to get in on Real Muto, though you can't really rule them out. And then that finally leaves the, the Toronto Blue Jays, who just kind of want to add an impact player, a veteran player to go with their, their talented young core. And that might not necessarily need to be somebody like Real Muto. So um, a, lot of, a lot of free agents don't like to go to Canada. And, and I don't know that the, the Blue Jays, in their pursuit of that, um, won't be just fine by adding a Marcelo Zuna type, you know? So... I really don't see a lot of teams that would have the level of interest in Real Muto as the Phillies have in Real Muto. And I think if if, if a, his agent is smart enough to read the market correctly, uh, they should be able to work something out together. Isn't that kind of telling, though? Because there is a crowd out there that screams, sign JT no matter what it takes, do whatever. But you're seeing around the league, for example, we talked about the Mets, James McCann, four years, $40 million, instead of going out and getting a JT Real Muto. And, and I don't think he's going to get the money that he maybe anticipated earlier on before all COVID happened and whatnot. But doesn't that sort of tell you that maybe it's not worth it to sign JT for whatever it takes? There is a, an amount that, you know what, we can't go past this for the catcher position at his age. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and I think that's why the Mets went, went the McCann route. You know, here's a guy you commit to for four years, basically the same age as Real Muto. And you know what? Four years at $10 million per, if he gets injured in year three, you know, you, you can deal with that. Uh, but if you're spending 25 a year on a guy for, for five, six years, as, as, or, or even more than that, as, it's, as some thought he might go before that, including myself, um, you know, that, that, that's, that's a big chunk of money that you're not able to, to just eat. And so I think the Mets were, were kind of smart to, to say, all right, we're going to go McCann. And then we'll put that impact money somewhere else. And if they get George Springer, which I think they might, uh, then then their the net gain is probably better than just if they had just added Real Muto. All right, uh, state of the Phillies, Real Muto, obviously a huge part of it. But uh, what else? I mean, what if we're looking forward to this offseason. We had heard, well, they don't have any money to spend. Don't anticipate any uh, big money stuff. In fact. Uh, they were talking about possibly not bringing JT back because they didn't have money to spend. So does Dombrowski coming in change all that? What is the outlook as we turn the calendar, get ready to 2021? Do we anticipate seeing a different Phillies roster, uh, or is this going to be very similar to the one that we saw last year? Now, D.D. Gregorius doesn't look like he's coming back, who plays shortstop. That bullpen, uh, they got a lot of work to do there, really haven't done much uh, they brought in, uh, what, Natali uh, Felice, a veteran guy who hasn't pitched in a couple of years. So they got a lot of work to do. Uh, so where do we see the outlook moving forward here? You know, there's actually a lot of free agent relievers out there. Uh, and I think a lot will depend on the prices. Uh, it sounds like teams aren't going to have a lot of money in general, like not just the Phillies. So I think some of them, the prices will come down, especially a reliever. You know, maybe you can get get a get a few <laughs> on one year deals. You know, I, you know the signing Feliz to a minor league deal. This this reeks of the the large collection of of minor leagues contracts to relievers last last year. Remember, you know the the, the Drew Storen types that, that they just rolled out a whole bunch and none of them stuck. Um, I, I think that I think they they'll be able to they'll be able to get a couple arms for the bullpen. Fine, 
Um, I think they are still interested in DD. Uh, the fact that there were some rumors that the, the Blue Jays were interested in Gene Segura, I think if, if Segura gets traded, that will make it easier to bring back DD just because of the money and committed to the infield. And, and, uh, but I, I think the Phillies are going to need a shortstop. I, I get the distinct impression they don't want to put Gene Segura back at short. So your options are basically going to be, do you just put Scott Kingery there because he might be better than, than Segura? I don't think that's the ideal solution either. Uh, I think the ideal solution would be you're able to trade uh, Gene Segura, clear some of that money, and, and find a shortstop, like an actual shortstop. Do they feel so, that Bryson Stott's ready? I, I don't think he's, he's ready anytime soon. Uh, you know, he can move fast. I mean, let's face it, uh, he's, he was kind of only a draft behind Alec Bohm, although he was younger when he was drafted. I, th- I think he might need a couple of years before you, you count on him as your, your starting shortstop. Um, one thing that they could do just to buy some time, maybe, maybe they sign a Marwin Gonzalez type. You know, if you, you might remember him from that, uh, the championship Astros team that, that uh, he played all over the diamonds and, and can play some shortstop. Maybe they, they do that to sort of help fill in the infield. But I mean, you could go if you wanted Alec Bohm at, at third, Gene Segura at short, Scott Kingery second, and then Reese Hoskins at first. But again, you don't know if you're probably going to have him by opening day, but you're not sure. So it'd be, it'd be really helpful to have another infielder and uh, preferably a natural shortstop. Uh, and it, it's that, that's a shame of last year, right? You don't really know where Brayson Stott is in his development. They did bring him to the alternate site in Lehigh Valley towards the end just to, to get a look at him some. But, but you don't really know where he's going to be and how ready he'll be. Um, that's that's one of the unfortunate effects of not having a, a minor league season. So you can't really count on him yet. So uh, I, I would still say he's he's probably 2022 earliest to be a starter. So you got to do something. And if you if you're really that confident he's moving along, maybe you just you just make it a stopgap uh, s- uh, signing for this year. But um, I, I think they need a shortstop. So I, I'm less worried about center field. I know, I know people say you can't count on Roman Quinn and Adam Hastley might not be good enough. I, I'm okay with them trying a year of that if they're able to improve in other places just because I, I, I don't think, I, you know, we've seen how explosive Roman Quinn can be when he's healthy. You know, you, you got to think he's got one year in him that he's just going to be healthy for the whole year and put together a really nice year. Whether it's with the Phillies or somebody else, I'm, I'm, I still believe you're going to see that with him. But And the fact that you have Adam Hastley behind him, I think that's helpful. And you could even have Mickey Moniak, a triple-A, to play some center if, if you need somebody in a pinch. So I, I'm okay with them uh, not adding a center fielder, though certainly uh, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. signing, uh, that, that, that's a player that Dombrowski's comfortable with, that he worked with his entire career in Boston. Um, that would be a nice signing if, if they're able to get him. But you know, it, it depends how this market's going to work out. I, you know, I feel like there's there's going to be a lot of mid-level type players that are going to be had for below usual value. And those types of players are going to take one year deals. So um, I don't know if Bradley would be one of them. If, if, if he's like a, uh, like a Gregorius contract from last year, like a, a decent dollar one year deal to, to kind of ride out the, uh, the attendance free stands until teams have money again. Um, players might do that if they're still young enough and, and maybe, maybe the Phillies will get lucky in that regard. A name that came to my mind when you were talking about shortstops was uh, Simmons from Los Angeles. I don't know what it would take to get him, but that's a name that uh, that I was thinking about. Real quick, because you talked about reshaping, retooling this type of year, do you think that going into it, this is going to be your starting rotation? Nola, Wheeler, Eflin, Spencer, Howard, Vinny V. 
I hope not. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't. I was count me surprised that in this economic climate they they brought Velasquez back for for the qualifying offer. I think he could be a trade candidate. I, there were teams that were interested in him before they they offered the qualifying offer. I mean, uh, excuse me, the uh, tendered him a contract. Of course, they're not going to pay him a qualifying offer rate. Uh, but he'll make about four to five million dollars this year. You still don't know what he is. I know some teams want to get their hands on him because they feel that well, maybe we can get him to work out. But uh, at the same time, the new Phillies pitching coach Caleb Co- Caleb Cottom, he might be saying, "Look, I really like what I see in Velasquez. I want to work with him too." But he needs some depth. Uh, the Phillies were were just completely depth free the last couple of years, and they really paid the price. You, you need somebody else in there. I, I was disappointed they didn't um, go to. If you look at the players that signed quickly, the Robbie Rays and the Mike Miners and the um, you know, the names of Phillies always seem to be connected to over the years, right? Um, a lot of those types signed quickly. Uh, Drew Store and even I mean Drew Store. I'm getting all my ex Phillies mixed up. Uh, Drew Smiley is who I meant. Uh, but Drew Smiley uh, signed quickly with the Atlanta Braves for 11 million bucks. Uh, Charlie Morton signed quickly with the Braves for 15 million bucks. I would like to see somebody at least of a veteran ilk that's going to eat some innings like those two guys. You know the, the Braves uh, they're going to bash. All right, Frank Close, the state of the Phillies, and obviously they got a lot of work to do as the uh, calendar turns from December into January. We'll see what Dave Dombrowski uh, ends up doing here for this Phillies team, which has not made the playoffs since 2011. And I would have to imagine the expectations uh, currently as we sit here today, not very good. Uh, another team, you know, this is a division that's getting better. It's not only getting better, uh, the Braves are one of the best teams in baseball. The Mets have changed ownership. The Marlins seem like they're getting on the right track. Uh, so the Phillies really need to figure out who they are. And, of course, uh, the Phillies getting ready for spring training, uh, I guess. Now, Frank, what do we know about spring? Is, is pitchers and catchers and all that happening, like Valentine's Day? Is is, is that all still on schedule? <sighs> Nobody seems to know. Uh, you know, it's it sounds like the owners were hoping they would push things back because I, 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 you know, obviously there's a vaccine now finally and people are starting to get vaccinated, but it's also taking a while. So, um, it's there's not going to be fans in the stands right away. I think that's fair to say for the beginning of the season, or if there are, there will be greatly fewer. Um, teams teams like to have their spring training revenue as well from fans and spring training. Uh, that that might be up in the air. Uh, the Players Association, they want their 162 games. They don't seem like they're going to negotiate that. Um, because they, hey, and, and after all, I, I can't blame them. They made them play last year through, through really tough conditions, right? So uh, I, even Dave, um, I, I think John Middleton, excuse me, in the Phillies uh, world, he seemed to at one point think there would be a delayed start. I don't know. I've got a I've got a plane ticket to get get there for the opening weekend now at least. Um, who knows if that will actually happen? If they'll let even the media in, um, it's really hard to say what's going to happen now. I think I think the players' association wants to go on as scheduled. They want to play all 162, uh, but we'll see what happens from the owner's side. I mean, it, it, a lot depends on how quickly we can all get this shot in our arms. All right, Frank Close, Phillies, State of the Phillies. Of course, you can see more from Frank at 973ESPN.com, at Frank Close on Twitter. His Phillies mailbag will be back for another season. And, of course, uh, we wish you Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, Frank, and we look forward to talking more Phillies baseball with you this season.
Same to you all. Hope you all have a wonderful holiday, and I'll catch you on the other side. All right. That's Frank Close, our Phillies insider from 97.3 ESPN.com. The state of the Phillies right now, it is very similar to the way they left it. We'll see if Dave Dombrowski does anything to change that, Broads. But I'll ask you each sport, Phillies jersey on Christmas. What's your jersey you want to open up? Ooh, does it have to be someone who's on the team now? What, are you going to get an old school? Maybe. I like a nice Utley. I don't have an Utley. No? No. I got a Roy Halladay back here. I I think the simple answer would be Bryce Harper. Yeah? Probably. That's the Harper one? Yeah, I mean, come on. It's Bryce. Not going to go Alec Bohm? Nah, I'd go in Harper. Aranola. Be a nice item. Yeah, but he's not a true ace. Ooh, did I have to do that? Mm. Well, think about that, everybody out there. You could text in throughout the day. Did you get a Phillies jersey? Did you get a Flyers jersey? Eagles, Sixers, which jersey? Did you want for Christmas this year and going into the new year, which jersey do you want? So you're going Bryce Harper. Go yeah, Bryce. I got you got to go Harper. Yeah, he's the guy. He's yeah. the star. All right, uh, think about it. Hit us up. Uh, coming up next, we look at the state of the Philadelphia Flyers with our Flyers insider, Kevin Durso, 97.3 ESPN.com. Happy New Year, everybody.